In this episode of Revving It Up, I sit down with Jaden Reyna, who is in his second season with Rev Racing. You can catch Jaden this year in late models with 4 Rev in the number 4 Chevrolet, where he'd be looking to make a statement this year and fight up front for wins. I hope you enjoy our conversation. back to another edition of Road It Up. I'm here with Jane Reyna, who is in his third year with Red Racing and Late Models. Uh, Jane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so just to get a little bit in more about you, uh, so that way the fans that can know about who you are, the driver, and where you come from, um, where'd you grow up and what was it like uh, being a race car driver at an early age? Yeah, well, I mean, I always liked cars at a at an early age and I don't think I've ever had a moment where I'm not thinking about cars, but I, uh, I grew up in uh, Yorktown, Virginia, and uh, eventually I went to the Hampton Roads Kart Club at Langley Speedway. Uh, my mom found it out. She did a whole bunch to help me get to the track, and uh, she was really the crew chief and everything at the start of my career, and uh, I can't thank her enough, but, but yeah, uh, over at Langley Speedway is where I got my start at, it, and it's a pretty fun track, so, you know, it's... Uh, it was. It holds a lot of a uh, history to me. You recall much event from that uh, first race? Um, a little bit, but uh, as of right now, I remember I finished second place in my first ever race and the controversy that came with it. Uh, but obviously, I was kind of young, so I was. Uh, I didn't realize it was a hundred percent going on. But um, you know, my first race, I was just going out there and just driving. It was my first time ever in a car, so I was just going out there and having fun. You know, it's like finishing P2 in your first race was was uh, was pretty good. Pretty and awesome, just yeah. the overall excitement. And yeah, the first time to be in a race car is, is absolutely incredible. So it's definitely feeling that I might not ever get to experience that much uh, level of hype and intensity again. That's awesome. What the um, type of like going through your head your first time in that race, you know, because you know, I mentioned you got P2 and then it's also your first time being in a car. So what was like going through your head? Uh, well... I can't remember too well, but for me back then, it was still just a, I'm just happy to race type of thing. I wasn't taking it like, I want to say like, I'm going to make it to NASCAR or make it to the top uh, of whatever division I want to go. It was more of that. I'm finally able to do what I want to do for a living. It's like, this is finally what I want to do. And this is my first time being able to do it. So I feel like it was more of a, you know, it's like relaxed and, I can't believe I'm actually doing this type of feeling. Yeah, I feel like when you first get a person, you just want to have fun with it. And it seems like that's what you're yeah. doing your first time out there. And to get P2, it's, it's just the chain on top here, as you could say. Um, so what first got you interesting? Like, was it movies or was it, you know, on TV, growing up, Racing Family, I see you got the all the hero cards behind you. So what was it that, you know, drew you into racing? Uh, well, I always liked cars. Um, mm -hmm. And I can't even remember how I even got into racing. At least my mom told, uh, tells me and my dad that I just always wanted to be a race car driver. And at least in me too, I can't remember a time where I didn't want to be a race car driver. I think it was more something that kind of just manifested rather than a, you know, it's like, oh, I want to be like that or my dad did it. My mom and dad never even like didn't take racing, you know, 100% serious. They didn't really understand the concept of it. So uh, obviously I feel like it was definitely like, a, you know, it's like, I wouldn't say like, like a mutation, but pretty much I just always liked cars from the start and I don't know why. Yeah. Kind of just like something deep inside you was speaking to you, like I'm going to be a race car driver, right? 
yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I don't, awesome. I don't know what type of influence anyone had on me. It's always, <laughs> it was just always there. I mean, just to me, that's just something that you're born to to be a driver, right? You know, it's like in your yeah. DNA. Um, so, how did your family react when you told them? You know, as you're growing up, like I want to be a risk like this is what I'm going to do. How like what were your mom and dad's you know first opinions about that? Uh, they were pretty supportive, definitely. Um, and you know, my mom sold her car and um, bought a trailer. And of course, the go-kart and all the equipment that you need to go out there and race. So then we were living with my aunt and we were using her car to get to the track. So she was there as well at the track. And, um, you know, I was doing a couple other sports, you know, basketball, tennis, uh, heck, even like tap dance theater. So, you know, yeah, they tried they tried a whole bunch of stuff uh, of youth programs and everything, uh, you know, just to uh, see what I 100 percent wanted to do for a living and uh racing was the only thing that that stuck the whole time so you know it was, it was just racing all the way but you know it's like they tried and i'm very happy that you know it's like they they uh gave me a whole bunch of opportunities to try a whole bunch of different sports was there any other activity that you did that you know was like racing it's like i would say an in league of its own like another like paris trip but like what came close to like giving you like sort of competitive fire that you have that's comparative when you're on the track and, and racing? Uh, for me, that's probably swim, uh, you yeah. know, swim meets. I think I did swim competitively for probably like five years, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it was like from six to 10 or 11. And um, back in Virginia, I used to, I forgot where it was. It was near, was it Virginia Beach, maybe? I don't know, Hampton or Virginia Beach. It was one of those two, but... Um, I think swim because you actually got to race people was the uh, pretty much the only other thing that kept my attention. So you're, you had the need to chase a stopwatch, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Both both time in. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So who would you say the parents? You know, because they did a lot to support you when you first came out being a race driver. Um, with that 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 they are your biggest supporters. Oh, yeah, definitely. My family, I feel like, is obviously my biggest support system right now, and I feel like always has been. Um, the As much as they've done for me is uh, unparalleled to anyone else, and obviously, you know, I appreciate the crew chiefs. I appreciate everyone that went into the program, but, like, from a background scene perspective, yeah, my family is my biggest support system. And I also have to ask, because you know, I see all the haircuts behind you, so who would you say is, like, uh, a driver that you look up to and that you hope to like follow in their footsteps and want to be one day? Uh, well, I kind of want to be the, the first to do anything. Obviously, winning yeah. eight <laughs> championships in the Cup Series is uh, probably the biggest thing you can do at the moment. And uh, you know, it's like being able to make it to the Cup Series and win a whole bunch of races would be uh, definitely what I would want to do. But my favorite driver of all time has definitely got to be Rex Susky right here. And you see a couple of his hero cards kind of scattered around me. Yeah. So Breck Susky is my favorite. He was always my favorite. Ever since I really started getting into NASCAR, uh, he was always my favorite. I feel like my first actual NASCAR race that I watched, I think, was a nationwide race at Montreal. That was mm -hmm. on ESPN, I believe. Uh, my uh, my grandpa, sorry, my grandpa always had uh, NASCAR on the television. So I think that might have been one of the races. Montreal, it was a road course. I know that. And his discount tire car was leading. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. cool. That's really cool. Brad, Brad's awesome. Um, 
Well, hope to see what you do in the future, man. I can't wait to see you hopefully get into these next series, uh, especially as you move forward with Fred this year. Um, but you mentioned winning, and that's something that you're really, you know, keen on doing. Hopefully you're going to do it this year as well. Um, but 2020 was really a big year for you. So you mind walking me through, you know, kind of like what that year was like for you and what that meant for your, uh, your career? Yeah, I feel like that definitely helped my career a lot. Obviously, the level of uh, detail and attention that I put into that year was incredible. I put a whole bunch of work into, you know, drop weight and um, really maximize performance with the car. My crew chief was on point for every single race. And, you know, it's like everything kind of came together at that, that, at that moment. All the years beforehand, you know, gain, gaining experience, all the losing, all kind of manifested into that 2020 season. And obviously the work that we put in, knowing that we could do something incredible that year, um, definitely helped a lot. But, you know, the, um, I guess on the mental side of things, it was uh, a pressure, but a different kind of pressure. When you're losing, it's a pressure of when am I going to win or if I'm going to be able to win. When you're winning that much is when is it all going to crumble apart? How do I keep this up almost? So um, I feel like mentally, I feel like I did a pretty decent job, a pretty good job and uh, being able to keep my composure throughout all the races. And eventually I was able to come in more confident each and every single race. And uh, it felt almost like clockwork almost. That's like we came in, we hit practice, we hit, we uh, drove off the trailer fast and, um, you know, we were unbeatable at that time. Yeah. You said something about pressure. Would you say, um, how do you deal with pressure now as you continue to get, you know, more attention to your, to your name and Twitter racing? Well, I mean, you'll always be under pressure. That's a definite whenever, whenever you're in sports or just any competitive field. Um, but uh, how I deal with pressure is, I guess, that you take it in, but you have to kind of refine it almost like a diamond. If you break yeah. under that pressure, then, you know, it's like you didn't really do much good anyway. But um, you know, it's, I don't take too much pressure actually going into a race day. Um, I feel like the best, uh, way of action for me at least is, you know, take kind of chill and, you know, really focus and relax rather than being so uptight about the race coming up because the race is going to happen anyway. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do or predict what's going to happen in the race. The only thing you can do is, uh, do your best and try to get the car as good as possible. Yeah. Um, would you say that the year 2020 for you started to become more like nationally recognized as a driver and what was it like for you to, to get more attention uh well i always kind of think of myself as the underdog and uh i think it was pretty cool having all that attention on me and everything but from uh, a mental perspective i always try to think of myself of i'm not guaranteed this win even though like the past 25 races i won all 25 against, 25 of them against the best competition in the whole nation i still every single race came in as i might lose this one I'm not guaranteed to win. I'm not, I guess, uh, you know, yeah, not guaranteed to win at all. Yeah. And so every time I kind of came in humble and everything and um, happy to be there type of thing. And um, I feel like, you know, as a, from a fan perspective, I started getting recognized more at, at different racetracks. And, um, you know, that was a, a huge moment for me about being able to go and get on podcasts and everything. And so that whole 2020 season was a huge learning, learning curve on like the internet and media type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you said, it, you said, you said it best at the start, like nothing in racing is guaranteed. And that's a great mentality to have, you know, in racing is to really humble yourself and, and work, work, work from behind so you can catch up and be the leader. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Moving into sort of rev, because I feel like that 2020 season kind of put you on the map and led you into rev racing. Would you agree? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've went to the combine a couple of times before. I believe it was 2013, but I was seven. So they didn't, the bandoleros wow. that they had there, yeah, the bandoleros that they had there was only for eight and up. But uh, they asked me to come because of uh, it was over at Langley where the combine was for those first couple of years. So, um, you know, I went and I got to drive a banda around the short track and it was uh, it was pretty nice. Um, and then I went to the combine, the youth program combine in, I think, 2017, I think. Yeah, I had the late models. No, sorry, 2015, because, you know, late models there and everything. And then I don't think I went again after that. In the 2020 season, Ref came to me and said, we want you in our program. So, you know, I had to go and accept that. And now they made a whole bunch of improvements. I definitely feel like this year, ARCA and late models and even legend cars too with the people that they have down there i believe that this could be a really good season for rev yeah well you kind of segued in perfectly um talking about late models what did you learn last year in late models um because that was your first year right in late models yeah yeah so what did you learn uh with that being your first year in late models and what are you excited for to prove this year um i learned a lot last year in late models um even in and outside of rev um, you know, the, uh, the, we kept on making strides throughout the season to make the car faster and faster. So it really kind of gave me that white knuckle racing type of thing where, you know, you're middle of the pack and you're racing with a whole bunch of people that are racing you super aggressively. And then, you know, outside of rev, I learned, you know, technique, I guess, while inside the car. So you had like, kind of like the mental challenging, the mental challenging side, um, you know, over at rev. And then you had the more technique side a little bit outside of it. Cause I did a couple of races outside of there. So uh, now with this uh, new equipment, you know, John Carroll, John and Justin Carroll are taking care of the cars now. New equipment, um, I feel like with the experience that I took from last year and then the coaching I'm probably going to get this year, I feel like combined we can definitely go and snag at least a handful or even as many, you know, as many wins as I can. I'm going to say mm -hmm. that. I'm not going to guess, but I definitely think as many wins as I can. Yeah, I mean, everything should be on the table and that's what I think you're yeah. looking at. Is not, nothing to have any possibilities this year um i think it's gonna be a good year but we'll wait and see right um yeah. so what does it mean for you to be now a seasoned driver return to late models um with this new group of and, and new equipment we have yeah it's crazy that i'm i'm the seasoned veteran and i'm still <laughs> one of the youngest on the team but um yeah but uh going in there with that experience is uh really good it's really cool you know i'm trying to help uh, you know, my other teammates that maybe haven't driven late models, you know, um, whatever information I can give them uh, to help them out at their races, uh, you know, I definitely will and will try to do. But uh, I think definitely with that experience last year and coming into this year with the new equipment, uh, you know, John, Justin, Carroll, all the coaching I'm going to get, um, I definitely feel like it's going to be a good year and I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah. So have you um, been able to start talking with, you know, John and Justin Carroll about what the season's going to look like and, and, you know, what's the relationship been like they're starting out? Um, you know, they've been really nice, really cool. Um, I can't wait to be able to sit in the car for the first time and sit in my car for the first time and go out and race. But uh, there's not a, you know, like a uh, set schedule yet. I do know my mm -hmm. first couple of races though. And I feel like with the whole environment and the attention to detail that John and Justin have, um along with me i feel like i have a lot of attention to detail and uh, really try to be a i guess a perfectionist to an extent and i definitely think that uh you know 
uh, I feel like it's going to be good. I feel like it's going to be a good combo this year for everyone in the late model and ARCA program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> since you kind of know when the races are, when is your first few next races coming up? Uh, I know that the 18th, I think, is uh, is Florence. That's my first race with the with the Carols, and then next, I believe, is April 1st. I think is the next race, and I believe that is all that I know right now. My first and second race with the team, but you know, I'm preparing for Florence, getting ready in that, uh, getting ready for that, and then after that, I'm obviously going to get ready for Caraway. Luckily, I've already been at Florence, and uh, I learned from the past races, you know a little bit how to drive that track but uh, with this next race I guess it's kind of just more races in the pocket you know more notes and everything like that it'll be my first time uh at the at a track for the second race though my first time at that track but you know I'm confident the um you know obviously the more time you have in the late model the easier it is to be able to go into a new track and be able to uh figure it out quickly because now you don't have to get used to the car and the track you can kind of just go and start you know focusing on the track Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you Florence again, we were at the icebreaker a few weeks back. Yeah. Yeah. How did that, how did that run out for you? Um, well, we were more in it to get tires because the forecast was, was bad from my yeah. perspective and all of our phones, it was, you know, 80% chance of rain throughout the whole day. Oof. You know, it's like, you know, it's yeah. like, when are you going to get that in? But yeah. there was a break in the rain and, uh, we only had like 30 minutes of practice. So we were just a little underprepared, but, at the same time, you know, it's like, it's like we didn't, we barely got any practice compared to everyone else. And the next time we'll, uh, we'll definitely learn from it. And next time, uh, this next race, we're going to be even more prepared. And uh, I feel like we, you know, we learned a lot. Well, we learned what not to do and uh, what to do. So um, I'm definitely confident, 100%. Awesome, man. Really looking forward to this uh, next race coming up. Hopefully, uh, People have a chance to come out there and see you down in Florida on the 18th um, this this March. Um, but yeah, kind of moving on. What are you looking forward to when you go back to these tracks? You mentioned we go back to Florence this year. Um, what other tracks are you looking forward to to go back to? Um, Tri-County. That's definitely one of the race, uh, the race tracks that I like a lot. Uh, and then Hickory. You know, because I have, I think, at least three, three or four races now at Hickory uh, in my career. So... Uh, I like that track a lot just because of the experience I have on it and Tri-County because of the multi, uh, multi-group racing, you can make the top, middle, bottom work. So um, I definitely like those types of racetracks where you have, you know, like at least multiple planes to, to run at. It's not just a bottom feeder racetrack. So um, I'm, those two are the most, uh, I guess, anticipate that I'm most anticipated for. But I mean, I think there's going to be a handful of new tracks that I, get to go to this year so obviously i'm keeping an open mind about those and i'm really excited for the opportunity to go to new tracks yeah tri county is awesome i, I didn't get a chance to go down there last year but i have to see from that from that new uh asshole they got down there is really cool um, oh yeah so so be some good racing for this year for sure um so moving into the driver diversity development program um how would you say the driver Drive for Diversity program has helped fast forward your career uh, to the point it is now? Um, I got to say, probably publicity-wise, getting on this team is uh, pretty difficult, especially from a driver's perspective. And the media side and the way they promote the drivers is unmatched by any other program, in my opinion. You know, a win here at Rev could literally vault your career. And, um, you know, I feel like the publicity and the reach that, uh, that Rev has and the connections 
and the whole diversity program is definitely positive for uh for diverse drivers yeah <clears throat> um who would you say in the program you know because you know you're at kind of close home with being from Virginia, right? But who in the program has really helped you develop more as a driver and as a person um, throughout these last three years? Um, you know, it's, um, I feel like definitely maybe coach. Mm -hmm. Coach, just, you know, being able to talk to him and, and stuff like that. But everyone has helped me at Rev, in my opinion. And um, there's taken a bunch of strides this year to help with my uh, development and, you know, it's like all the crew members as well, you know, Jesse, our truck driver, without him, you know, there is, <laughs> there is no car to get to the track, you know, he helped me a lot, whatever snacks he needed middle of the race, you know, it's like middle of the race day, he'll say, it's like, do you need anything, do you need snacks for me to get? And I feel like the truck drivers are definitely someone that uh, at every race team are, I feel like are definitely underappreciated. Yeah, Cause you know, it's like, you know, it's, they go and grab everything for us. They get the cars, you know, it's like they drive hours at the track, drive hours to get to the track. And then they're still trying to help you out about, is there anything that you need before the race? And uh, I feel like they're definitely an underrated part of the team. They definitely are underappreciated. I like the little music girls we have, you know, bring the, bring the cars to tracks and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You uh, point them out. I like that. Um, yeah. So what would you say racing has taught you, you know, cause you've been doing it since how old would you start when you first started racing? I was six. Wow. Yeah. So what did you say racing has taught you since it's been like your biggest, like consistent thing, you know, to get out of, you know, life and, 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 and competitiveness. Um, I guess tough times, you know, you gotta stay, you gotta stay strong through them. And um, I mean, if you keep on chipping away at it, eventually you will have, let's say like a 2020 season, now, I'm referencing myself, but, you know, in other departments, let's say even like the workplace or uh, other sports, there there is that time where you're going to hit a rough patch for a little bit there. But eventually, when you do hit that good patch, you're, you're going to be skyrocketing. And um, definitely that mental strength to be able to keep working at it and not get discouraged is a big part of, I feel like, how good I am today. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um well, quick last thing before we get out of here, you know, you're coming in with uh, Justin Campbell, teammate for late models, I think Paige Rogers as well. Uh, what can you say about, you know, these new drivers we, we have at Rev and and what the season could look out for, not just for you, but also your teammates? Um, I definitely feel like I can perform really well. Um, and I wish the best of luck for everyone, uh, Justin and Paige at their races. Uh, they are really good race car drivers and I definitely think they can get it done on track. So I feel like every race they go to, do the field better watch out because they're going to be gun. They're going to be gunning. Thank you so much, Jaden. I appreciate that. Um, you guys can watch Jaden this month, March 18th at Florence Motor Speedway, and then again on April 1st uh, for another late model race. Jaden, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and do this podcast with me very much. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you. No problem. I look forward to sitting down again later in the year after you get a few races under your belt for the 2023 year. Um, until then, make sure you guys stay tuned for more Revenant Up podcasts. Uh, that's going to do it for today.